Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler Podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Holly. I'm your co-host, Melody. Well, today we're going to be talking about the top 10 mistakes to avoid in New Year. But before we get into that, what's new with you? Ah, what is new with me? Well, let's see. I have been taking some time to do some fun things for me. After the holidays, there was so much extra work. I didn't have time to read or crochet or any of that. So that's what I've been doing lately, pulling out some projects. I'm still... You know, I mentioned that craft snowball that I started. Oh, your craft snowball. How's project. that going? Well, it melted. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> it melted. Not get to, <laughs> I love that. I got started and then stuff happened. And so I got some things knocked out and I was like, now I'm ready to pick that up. And I'm still clearing things out. So it's that part of that. I'm getting ready. New year. We like to clear stuff out mm-hmm, and reorganize mm-hmm. things. And um, But I'm just taking some time to do something fun myself. That's really important because I know I get in that little grind. I'm a little hamster on a wheel kind of oh, thing. Yeah. And well, I got to do this. have to be done. Yes. And one of the things that I don't make time for that I would like to is reading. I have a book I started. Okay, y'all do not laugh, but I started it in 2018. Now it's a very studious book about mm-hmm. the history of the French language and I'm very much enjoying it, but it's a it's a kind of a, a weighty read. Mm-hmm. And so I've been picking it up and reading it in little odd moments. And I would really like to finish it before the end of 2020. So I think, you know, after uh, Christmas, that's a good time. You know, you got that little week before you have to have New Year's things. And so I'm dedicated to finishing, finishing my book. It up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I've got two or three books going on my night table and picking up one or the other. But um, I did add one to that that needs I need to not read it when I'm falling asleep oh yeah that's a hard time <laughs> that's to... why I was like oh I have to think about this one yeah I'm I'm guilty one. of um of buying more books um than I'm we're not gonna spending time that. to read <laughs> well I decided I really think I decided this morning to delete some things off my phone to reduce the temptation oh. to just look at Facebook or Other things, just, you know, those times I'm spending on that, I could be spending in more productive or, um, or life affirming pursuits. So yeah, that's one of my things that I want to do in the new year is to spend more time doing things that ultimately benefit me than just mindlessly looking to see what somebody ate for dinner. That's not really very helpful for my life. (laughs) Really good. Yeah. So anything else that's going on? Are you just trying to get ready for the new year? Just getting ready for the new year. I'm looking forward to the new year. I think a lot of us are looking, <laughs> a lot of us are, are hoping that 2021 will be kinder to us than 2020. Oh, let's hope so. So yeah, just making plans and trying to do some, remembering to incorporate some fun things. Not all work, but carve out some time yeah. for things that are just, yeah. like you said, good downtime that actually adds some value a lot exactly yep we only have so much time we might as well make it something that really improves our lives so of course in light of everybody having a little downtime to enjoy the holidays we are recording this episode prior to the new year so Mm -hmm. if anything big happened and we didn't talk about it that's why we're going to be enjoying our families on (laughs) on our break we are going to talk about the top 10 mistakes to avoid in your homeschooling uh, in the coming year And Melody, what would you think is the top, uh, well, I'm sorry, we're going to go from 10 down to one. So the least important, but still important item would be number 10. What's number 10? All right. Let's do number 10 is uh, no fun. 
not having any fun or enjoying your homeschooling learning lifestyle is one of the biggest mistakes that I see people making. Oh, yeah. I read about people. They're like, it's on the planner. We have to get it done. And uh, and you can't go and do this thing. And that's a real joy killer. And if it your is. homeschool is sucking the joy out of your family, that nobody's going to be having a good time. It's got to change. Or people who are just um, nobody likes it. That's not any kind of way to... To live your life every day, having to do things that right, you know just gritting your teeth likes. and doing it regardless. Yeah. Right. So, so what would you tell people if they're not having any fun and they're not enjoying this? What would be the first step to do to fix that? Uh, well, I think that you want to look at maybe your curriculum. I think maybe so that's too. a problem, or you might want to look at when do you have time as a family? Um, you know, you're not just a school. You're right. a family. So, Home first and then school. Right. So when do you have time where you do things as a family? Watch some shows or play some games. You know, a lot of games are very educational. Oh, we um, learned so much from yeah. games. And then you can, if you can learn it through a game, then you don't have to necessarily do it as a worksheet. Right. Yeah. So look for ways to incorporate some fun into what you mm -hmm. have to get done. If you have to learn the state capitals, get a puzzle and put the, the state puzzle together and talk about the capitals. If you have to learn about the presidents, uh, maybe you can get some flashcards or some kind of a game that's about the some presidents. Kind of game. Bring fun. You can bring fun into things. And, you know, I remember um, my seventh grade social studies teacher, Mr. During. See, I remember his name. He taught us, and, and he was so funny, like when he was talking about uh, prehistoric people and mm -hmm. all these things, he said, you know, he was so amusing that I still remember the things he taught us. And that's an important thing is that we learn a lot by humor. So bring some fun and humor into your school day. It'll be great for you. It'll be great for your kids. And then when they look back on school, they'll have some of those fun memories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's good. All right. So number 10 would be no fun. What do you have for number nine? Well, number nine is overscheduling or doing too much. So, um, you know, we have a lot of wonderful opportunities as homeschoolers, but we cannot partake of all of them. No, we can't do everything. No. And I think we want to do such a good job, especially in the beginning when we're new, that we try to do too much. We try to cram too much in to mm -hmm. prove that we're doing a good job. Right. And uh, we just burn ourselves out. Yeah, it's, it's not helpful if you are signed up for so many activities or you have so many courses that you can't get things done, you're doing them poorly, or people are just upset and unhappy about having to do them. Um, you know, if and because we have so many things online, people are like, mm -hmm. oh, let's sign my kid up for out school. They can take this course to uh, make a hot chocolate bombs or, oh, and let's sign them up <laughs> over here and they can learn how to do basket weaving or whatever. And you know what, really, if you're not getting your basics done, then you don't have a a firm foundation to build on anything. So don't go crazy cramming every good thing into your schedule because it's going to end up stressing you and your kids. Right. I think that's where, um, like if you're using a planned curriculum, it can be really helpful because it already has a chunk of time that's enough. Right. And a lot of us have enough, a little trouble knowing when enough is enough. 
if this is good, then like twice as much would be better, right? <laughs> and your poor children are, there's just only so much they can soak in at right. one sitting. And you don't have to prove to other people that you're doing a good job homeschooling by doing too much. I know a lot of people feel uh, really under pressure to prove that they're giving their kids a good education. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend whose mother is a, an elementary school teacher. And she's homeschooling for the first time this year. And the mother has had a lot to say about how this woman is doing her homeschooling. And finally, I told her, well, you know what? You are your child's parent, not your mom. That's right. And so, you know, you don't need to homeschool to please your mom. You need Mm -hmm. to homeschool to please yourself and to give your child the education your child needs. Right. And And so overscheduling isn't going to make that better. No. And a homeschool schedule is not going to be the same as a a group, a classroom schedule. Sure. Because it's one-on-one or maybe, you know, five-on-one, depending on the right, right. children. But you're, it's more like one-on-one tutoring. And so kids are catching things faster. Lessons are shorter. More efficient, for more sure. Efficient, so don't try to do too much. Okay. Well, that would bring us to number eight. What do we have for number eight? For number eight, we have uh, no breaks or too many breaks. Oh, yes. <laughs> we see the pendulum swinging wildly on that one, don't Both we? Ways. Either somebody's got their nose to the grind stone and they're not going to take a break because they want to finish a certain amount of stuff by a certain amount of time and forget that the days get really long if you don't take a break. We Mm -hmm. always had a break to go outside and do things in the morning or at lunchtime and then do a little bit more school and then send the children back outside to go do some more and have you need that mental break and just get up and move around. Right. It, Um, It actually gets the brain ready for academic work when you get the kids out and let them get their bodies moving and then you come back in and your mind is refreshed and rested Mm -hmm. and ready to do some more work but the opposite is also true when you take so many breaks that you lose momentum and you can't like if you're learning a new concept and you're building one small thing on another and Mm -hmm. you're taking so many breaks in between you lose the flow exactly and conversely the no breaks or too many breaks is also like don't if you don't take any vacation time if you don't take off for maybe a little bit in the spring or a winter break uh you know who wants to grind all the time nobody (laughs) or if you take your winter break or your summer break and it just stretches out really long if you're on a winter break and it's february i think you need to get back on the road and and get back into the lane um you have to have a balance Yes, you do. You know. I know a lot of us take off from Thanksgiving to the new year. That's a good and, long chunk. Uh, that's a really long chunk. Mm-hmm. We never, we usually took off somewhere after the first week or two of December and took off two or three weeks. Um, but I was talking to a young person not too long ago, and they are like, we haven't done school in so long. And then, then later the parent happened to mention that they had just taken their break like a week before. But that week seemed like a really long time for oh, this to the child. small child. <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty typical. But they were like, yeah, I just, you know, it's been a long time. <laughs> but they were doing other things that didn't look like school to this child. They sure. had some parties and some other activities and like some of those little classes on the side. So they were still doing things that the mom knew. Or educational, right? But they weren't paper with a pencil to this child, and so they um, didn't think that was school. They were doing school. Yeah, kids are pretty (laughs) funny like that, and their their ideas are not always grounded in what is actually going on. So um, they don't always know what's going on behind the scenes, right? Exactly. But if you're if you're never taking breaks, or you are just 
not get anything done because you, you keep following your bliss too often. You got to find a happy medium. Well, that brings us to number seven, doing too little or under scheduling or no scheduling. Those are all kind of in the same uh, ball of yarn there. They sure are. Uh, I think we get, when we get tired, maybe toward the end of the year, I see this happening a lot where what, what you thought you could accomplish at the beginning of the school year when you were had high hopes, bright eyed and bushy tailed, yes, rested and all of that. Now, now you can't get anything. It feels like done. a slog. You're mm-hmm. slogging through to the end. Or I see it happen when people just get cabin fever from being like the weather keeps you from going outside and taking mm-hmm. some really good breaks. They just mm-hmm. kind of we shut down. But if you're not scheduling enough to do, for one, you won't get to a finishing point at a happy place, right? Um, and then your children will get bored. And that's when they don't have anything to do and they're making their own fun or they might be making mischief and just exactly. getting into too much. And you're just not moving forward. Yes. And, you know, we all get kind of tired. And so if, if you're getting tired because maybe it's April and you have a month and a half left to go, again, back to our number 10 of no fun. Find some ways to bring some fun mm-hmm. into what you still have to finish up. Um, because if you don't finish up, and we don't mean you have to finish every book, obviously, there's a lot of repetition in some curriculum, and it's really not necessary to, you know, do 10 pages of each type of an activity and your math or whatever. But if you don't get to a point where you have completed the information that the kids need to learn, when you start up again, they're behind. Mm-hmm. And so that's not a fun place for anybody to be. You've really got to have a plan and get to the end. But there's ways to get there if you're running out of steam that are more enjoyable. Right. Just change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Find another way to teach the same concept. Um, like you said before, if they've mastered an act, a, a concept, move on to the next one. Right. Don't move too fast. (laughs) Yeah, there's a happy medium. Like my curriculum, my math curriculum is math, you see. And there's a lot of pages that they can do each week. Mm -hmm. But we only do the number of pages that we need to until my son shows an understanding of the concepts. And once he shows an understanding of the concept, then I let him take the test and we go on to the next lesson. So some weeks he might do six or seven pages. And another week he might only need to do three. Right. And so, you know, you're with your kids every day. You can figure that out if you need to do more, but more or less. Or more or less. Yep. All righty. So, what well, that was number seven. Number seven. Mm-hmm. What so, do we have for number six? Well, that one is no end to the school day. Oh. You know, some <laughs> people mistake the idea of a learning lifestyle to be do your papers and read your lessons and stuff all day long and that's a prescription for burnout oh it is uh we always had an end to the day i mean it's a learning lifestyle so we're learning all the time from many different um many different things in a lot of different ways but we always had a cutoff point to the end of the school day and for us it was three o'clock at three o'clock uh, mom was done. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was ready because there were other things that needed to happen in order for dinner to be ready when dad got home and for bedtimes to happen in a, a good time. You know, yeah, if you and get off track with one in. item, it dominoes, yeah, it dominoes to the next. And so uh-huh. we had an end of the school day. We arranged it because we were on a good routine so that we could get 
our basics done and be done at that time. But there were some times that some things would roll over to the next day. And um, that's why we did those basics first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. and those kind of fun things in the afternoon. Um, But what I would usually find is that those school lessons do pop up in their play Mm -hmm. as they're working through them and thinking about them here and there. Not always, but... You know, historical figures would show up. Oh, sure. That's when you can tell they've really learned something. But also, if you don't have an end to the day and you're trying to make everything into a lesson, it it just makes your kids kind of feel like you don't want to be their parent. And kids need, you need to be, you know, you're not just a home educator. Mm -hmm. You're a parent. Mm -hmm. So you have to leave off the lessons at some point of the day and be the parent. And, you know, being the the educator is a weighty responsibility. And for me, it was always nice when the school day was done just to be able to be a mom. And just take off the teacher hat. Take off the teacher hat (laughs) and, you know, do some fun or silly things, make a snack, play a game that was just for frivolous. Like we used to play Sega and the girls liked to play this Barbie. Barbie drove a car Mm -hmm. and did some stuff. It was just frivolous fun, but it was building a relationship. Oh, that's really and that's, important. And that's really important because it doesn't matter how good of an education you give your children if you have no good relationship with them outside of, you know, any, any educational stuff. And also, if you don't have a good relationship, when it's hard, you know, lesson-wise, there's nothing to build on to, mm-hmm. to keep going. So... You need to have an end to the day and, and be a family, too. That's true. Some way to, some stopping point. Yep. It's definitely important. We're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor. And when we return, we'll talk about the top five mistakes to avoid in 2021 with your homeschooling. We're going to talk a little bit about our sponsor, Transcript Maker. As you know, it's an online service that allows you to create professional high school transcripts in the comfort of your own home. And Transcript Maker's done something really cool. We are involved with the Homeschool Connect Expo, which is a virtual homeschool expo that you can attend from the comfort of your own home. We're really into being comfortable at home right now. The neat thing about the Homeschool Connect Expo is that you can go through all these virtual booths and see all kinds of vendors. You can um, listen to people giving um, giving speeches about things pertaining to homeschooling. And our booth has some special offers. Um, you can watch some of our best videos that we've uploaded to YouTube. And we've got a 20% off discount code for you when you subscribe to Transcript Maker. To find the Homeschool Connect Expo, go to homeschoolconnectexpo.com to uh, join the virtual conference. And to find Transcript Maker, you'll want to do a search for our name, or you can look for graduation resources. It's free to register for the Homeschool Connect Expo, and it will be up for one year. So you can go back as often as you want and tell your friends and enjoy the resources we have for you and the whole experience of a virtual conference. Also, we offer a 14-day free trial of our transcript template. Go to www.transcriptmaker.com and get your free trial. Transcript Maker, simply better transcripts. Alrighty, well, let's talk about the top five mistakes people might be making in their homeschooling in the new year. 
And uh, maybe we can tell them a little bit about how to avoid those too. Important, exactly. Yeah, so that would bring us to number five. What do we have for number five, Melody? Number five, we have no planning or no goals. Oh, no planning. So if you I, don't know where you're going. How are you going to get there? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, do you remember back in the day uh, before we had navigation uh, assistance on our phone? If you were taking a long trip, you had to really do some planning. You had to get a map and make a plan. And it's the same thing with your homeschooling. Like if you want to get to the end of the school year and your kid will have finished their uh, language arts and mm-hmm. they have learned certain math concepts, how are you going to get there if you don't have a plan? Right. You won't. Or you'll just muddle about till you get to some ending point. But it may not be when you want it to be. You'll eventually get to the end, but it might be the middle of the summer right. or the beginning of the next school year. <laughs> you'll be finishing up or second finishing grade, yep. and then the next week you'll have to start third Which grade. Which would be fine. I mean, you could make that work. Sure. Year-round schooling is actually a thing yeah, that's helpful. Thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you want to reduce stress, and I think, who doesn't? Uh, a plan is handy, and that's where a lot of curriculums have taken that into account, so they've planned it for you, mm-hmm. which is really handy. You know that if you do one lesson each day of this math book, you'll finish by the end of the school year. Right. Um, most of them have more lessons than you need, and not everybody gets to the end, but um, we always did because we just kept going through that book till we finished it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to cover like a certain time period for this school year, you kind of got to break it down into months and know how long are we going to spend on this before we move on. So I find some people are stressed out because they didn't take some time to plan. To do that planning. That's right. Well, and I think it's really nice for the kids, too. Um, So my son was doing a race series. It's called the Healthy Kids Race Series, and they run a race each week for five weeks. And, you know, they know, we knew when we were going to start the race series, Mm -hmm. when it was going to wrap up. And then at the first race, he got his time. And then we talked about ways that he could improve his time. And we we assessed how he was doing each week. Well, you know, your homeschooling is the same way. So you get a plan, assess how it's going at the end of the school week when you're writing stuff down. So even if you have a curriculum that's all planned out, you still need to get it onto your planner. Mm-hmm. And see, okay, math, you know, like, so every week on Sunday, I sit down with my planner and the things we're going to do, and I write it down. Okay, Monday is, uh, you know, lesson one and Tuesday, and I'll look at the right. lessons. Do I need to do all of them? And then I write it all down. Now, if I need to make a course correction, cool. I just make a little line through it, and I make an adjustment. Mm-hmm. But at least I know what we're going to do. So when I get up on Monday morning, I am not spending valuable educational time, instructional time, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Because, oh my goodness, I would not like that. My son would get bored. He'd start to get into mischief because he would say, well, she doesn't know what we're going to do. I'll go find right. something to do. Well, then you don't have your materials ready. Or yeah. you know, what if you need something for an experiment? You wouldn't have it. You if need you to had plan it. ahead. You need exactly. to plan ahead. Yeah, And also moving it from your curriculum into your planner on your calendar, you can see where maybe your holidays or appointments or things are going to come in that you have to make adjustments, Mm -hmm. which you wouldn't know if you just didn't think. Yeah, it's really key, I think, to sit down on Friday after the school week's done or Saturday or Sunday. I like to do mine on Sunday afternoon. That's really a time I don't have a lot going on. Mm -hmm. And see, what do we need? What art materials do I need for our art lesson? 
Um, what poems do I want to print out for my son to read this coming week? What um, resources do we need for any of the other items that we're going to be studying? And boy, is it a pleasure to get up then on Monday morning and just pick up the things and be ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yep, hit the floor running. Mm-hmm, exactly. Got, got a plan. If you're not a planner, try a little bit of planning and see if you think that was that beneficial to you? I know some people really like to, my husband does not like a schedule. I don't understand this, but even he has some plans. Um, maybe you have a big block schedule mm-hmm. idea where you don't have every little detail, but you know, in the morning you're going to do math and science. Right. A routine. Mm-hmm. Some yep. kind of an idea about what's going to happen before you open your eyes on Monday morning. Right. Exactly, because your kids are looking to you for leadership, and you have to provide something. Okay, well then, um, what would number four be? Number four would be um, not having support or trying to do it all by yourself, or I guess super mom. Trying to be super mom. Um, That is one sure fast track to burnout. Any any homeschooling parent, mom or dad, you got to realize that you cannot do it by yourself. And if you try to, you're going to be burning out. You just, no one can do everything on their own. No, there's too, well, you're wearing too many hats. You are. Too many things to do. And so you want to make sure you have some kind of support in your community. Or it could be online, a group of people Mm -hmm. online. There are a lot of groups online now on social media. But it is really handy to have like a, a local group where you can go to the park or get together or just somebody you can call mm-hmm. on a bad day or text. Just like, oh, my kid is doing this thing. And they can say, oh, yeah, that happens. Yes. Or mine did that, too. And just sometimes sometimes things are hard. But uh, you you do not want to try to do everything by yourself. Your family want, needs to be included in the housekeeping and... Yeah, you your family your kids in the planning too. Right. It's not helping your family at all if you a don't include them so they can be a part of the solution or b if you do everything by yourself and then you're angry and resentful. Oh, nobody. Um happy. and you know and then you're you're stomping around the house all mad because you had to do everything. That that's not good and your family doesn't want to see you like that. They want to be part of it, but you have to help them to understand. I need your help. I was just explaining to my son recently, you know, would you like it if you did all these things and no one helped you? And he said, no, I wouldn't like it. And I'm like, well, then why would you think that I would like to do all these things without help? Mm -hmm. If we do them together, they're done and we can move on to have some more fun. And that's the other thing is, you know, have a little carrot out there. So, you know, give yourself the support you need. And then you'll have some time to enjoy your life, too. I mean, that's good for everybody. Well, right. And I don't know if we mentioned yet that uh, for moms in particular, having some time to do what nurtures yourself or your own, you know, you might need some quiet time or a grocery store run all by yourself. Yeah. For me, it was going to the library back in the day when you could do that. Mm -hmm. Go to the library to get the books for the week. We also had a trip. I took the kids to the library, but there sure. was a planning trip that I would go all by myself. Yeah. If you're the, have... if you're the <laughs> home educator, mm-hmm. you need to have time to fill your bucket. If you're a grandparent home educating, if you're a dad, a mom, you need right. to fill your bucket 
So you have something to pour out to your kids. You, you can't give from an empty source. That's right. Yeah. So that's that's part of that too. That mm-hmm. that is a mistake. Don't make that mistake. Find some support. Include your family. Um, and find what feeds you to keep going. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find what For sure. Going. All right. So what would be our next top We're five? Going to number three. Mm-hmm. We're in the home stretch. Number three is disorganization. Oh. Oh my gosh. That, <laughs> <laughs> that is a stressful thing. Like I. If you can't find things and you don't know where things are or you don't know what's coming up next or what you're going to eat, that kind of disorganization will wreck your, will wreck your day. Yeah. If you, don't, if you don't know if you have the things you need and you go on a big search to find them, it just... Well, oh. if it takes you 10 minutes to find everything all throughout the day. By the end of the day, you're going to be really frustrated. Mm-hmm. So it's worth it to spend some time to get your house in order. It's kind of painful to deal with disorganization at first. Um, you know, for some people, it's really hard to get rid of things. Um, but it's so helpful and such a gift to yourself. All right. I'm just getting rid of things. Like clutter that's organized is still clutter. Still clutter. Right. So it's really freeing to get rid of things that aren't useful or they aren't serving your family mm-hmm. or they don't fit your current life. Um, just send those off out for someone else. Um, right. If you keep managing the same items, <laughs> those are deferred decisions. You haven't decided what to do with them. You keep moving them all around the house. And some people say, you know, if you haven't used it in six months, you haven't used it in a year. Obviously, we don't mean things like holiday decorations that you're going to use oh, once no, a year. Oh, no, not those things. But, you know. Or family heirlooms. Yeah. But, but if you have, um, so we had a bowl in the kitchen that I was using for my pet's water. But the bowl wasn't a flat bottom bowl. And so sometimes it got knocked over and then we had to Mm. clean up spilled water. And I kept deferring a decision on to replace the bowl. So finally, I just replaced the bowl and I kept the old bowl next to the new bowl till the pets decided they liked the new bowl. And I took it Mm. up off the floor and it really is such a big improvement. I wish I had done it sooner. But those things that you haven't decided about they take up so much time or they cause problems you have to fix. Mm-hmm. And Or it's and, just the mental weight of knowing it is. that someday you got to do something about this situation. It feels so freeing to have actually done it. Oh, it it's does. well worth the time it takes and the pain, the emotional pain that you go through sometimes to streamline and organize. You'll thank yourself a million times over. That's true. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are whole books that were written about that, about decluttering and getting rid of things. And do you have a emotional attachment to these oh, right. things. Well, like, I, I got to say that Marie Kondo, I love you. And I have reorganized my drawers and, <laughs> and folded my laundry in much more efficient ways, but I cannot get rid of my books. Oh, goodness me. No, <laughs> I, no we keep the books. So Homeschoolers can't condo their books, I no, don't think. But, but when we moved a few years ago and we moved into a space, I did not have the same amount of bookshelves. And so I did have to go through and make some really hard decisions about mm. what got to come and sure. stay and what what and then some of them I guess they were deferred decisions because I just asked my grown daughters like would you like to hold <laughs> on to this book <laughs> you, you still want them this. around like I know where it is and I've gotten some of those back late later like mom we're not gonna right. use this and so I got rid of them and then but I have have had that happen where I got rid of something thinking, oh, this is just taking up space and then needed it to teach a class or something. Sure. So, Sometimes it's okay to let those things live at the library. 
or um, live, yes, or good. you know, if they're online resources, um, if if they're uh, what are those books that you don't have to pay for anymore after the copyright runs out? They're online, oh, public domain, public domain. Yeah, if, if it's a public domain book, you probably don't need to keep it unless you have. I have a Rudyard Kipling um, book. It's beautiful, and um, I can't remember the title of it now. But it talks about like how the elephant got his trunk and. Oh. I can't remember the name of it. Stories, right? Just so stories. Just so stories. Yes. Um. And so, yeah, that book is in the public domain. But my book is from 1911 or 1912, and it's beautiful color plates. Am I going to get rid of that? However, you know, it brings you joy. It brings me a lot of joy. (laughs) But, uh, but other books that are in the public domain, I don't need them, or I download them on my Kindle. I don't Mm -hmm. need the physical book. Right. You know, you just kind of have to make those decisions, but. This organization will uh, it'll eat be your a little time. Drag, it'll be mm-hmm. a big drag. Okay, that was number three. Number two, we have is thinking curriculum is the teacher. Oh, mm-hmm. Yep. Lots of people, we get too attached to the curriculum. We think that it's going to be the thing that, what, teaches our children. And really, you still need to be involved. Yeah, I mean, when kids get to high school, a lot of times you can hand them the text and they can teach themselves. But along the way, you still, even in high school, you still need to be available to your kid as their educational facilitator. And like a lot of people think if they put their kid in an online class, that that's it. Okay, we'll go watch your class. There might be valuable information in there, but you still have to guide your child because kids are still learning how to learn and mm-hmm. access that information. Learning how to learn. That's mm-hmm. so important. And you need to have like discussions with them after an online class or something like that to find out what they pulled from the information, especially in high school when they're taking, you know, higher level classes. You want to have a discussion. What did you think about that? They don't have years and years of observing things in the world to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, use as a backdrop to the information they get just got and so discussion time in high school is really important right yeah but, curriculum um, a curriculum is good but it still needs a teacher yes it does curriculum is not the teacher it's a tool mm-hmm, exactly a tool to use to a tool to use not a tool to obey so yeah. that's the other thing is when you have your curriculum and you're thinking well it's all done and you know it's telling me everything it, you still have to be the person to interpret how to get this information to your kit. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to do it all for you. Right. Okay. What about the number one mistake that you're seeing people make? Oh, well, the number one mistake, I think, across the board, is just inconsistency. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're doing too much one day. You're doing too little another day. You planned a lot for this week, but the next week you fell There's off no the planning way. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that... All those wild ups and downs, it just, um, it makes everything so much harder than a little bit done every day in a straightforward manner. Mm-hmm. And that's for everything in our lives. It really is. It's that slow and steady wins the race mm-hmm. idea. Just a little bit and then a little bit more and every day builds on the day before. Mm-hmm. Those small lessons and short lessons that you just keep going mm-hmm. and build upon each other. And then you... You get some momentum going, and they can connect what they learned before with what they're learning today. But if you're inconsistent, you you just lose ground in between bouts of you know getting things. Yeah, done. you have productivity and then no productivity. And the thing is, is you can't take 
six weeks of math lessons that you didn't do and cram them all into your kid in a really compressed amount of time. No, they'll fall right out. They'll fall right (laughs) out. And you, like you said, you know, when you're putting a puzzle together, you have to take one piece and add another piece and add another piece. And education is like that. So if you're inconsistent, you miss a puzzle piece. And you Mm -hmm. might not know you missed a puzzle piece because you took a little break. Uh, You know, you... You took off to go to the park and mm-hmm. that day, which was fun, but you didn't get back to the math lesson. And then the next day you did something else and you didn't get back to the math lesson. And then when you pick up, you yeah. might not even pick up where you really left off. It's true. It's you really just, have to start over. Yeah. It's just, um, it's just such a destroyer of so many things. Same thing with your housekeeping. Um, if oh, it you really shows up. Don't pick I... up every day. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, you have this huge job. Whereas if you if you do a little daily maintenance on your home, you do a little mm-hmm. daily exercise on your body. Oh yeah. You do a little daily work on your front yard or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know you don't have to do a great big gigantic time consuming effort to get to the result. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit every day. A this is bit. kind of like keeping up with the laundry. If you mm-hmm. do a little every day, or you get that wrapped up and moved out of the way and put away, you don't end up with a mountain right uh um, conquering mountain never rest yes yeah um weeds will take over your garden but if you do a little bit every mm-hmm. day all those little things a little bit little bitty bits make a huge difference mm-hmm. they and really sometimes do i think it's all those small efforts that add up to really big results right because uh incremental progress is still progress mm-hmm. and doing nothing and starting and stopping it's very inefficient and it's very discouraging. It is. And it is. You know, we don't want to have discouraged students, and we don't want to be discouraged educators. We really want to do things that will promote the overall well-being of our students and ourselves. And so being consistent is one of those things. And some of us didn't grow up with consistency, and it's really hard to implement as adults. And so maybe you need an accountability partner, mm-hmm. someone that can help you. Right, because if it's not your normal, it feels funny mm-hmm. when you get to, uh, or you don't know if it can make it last. So it's a good goal to f- find a way. We all start off the new year with good intentions. Yes, we do. So we're going to do things, you know, right or whatever. Um, but having an accountability partner is a great idea. Yeah. So someone who could say, how's that going for you? And um brainstorm you, with yeah. them. Did yeah. you work out today? Or mm-hmm. did you vacuum today? Or just whatever. Depending on how good a friend it is, yeah, <laughs> how much you, how transparent you want to be, right? My middle daughter and I um, kind of do that with our steps. We we both try to get a certain amount of steps in a day, mm-hmm. and we'll report to each other how we did or why we didn't get what we we wanted to do done, and what we're going to do about that, or what our struggles are. You know, a lot of times we can't see the forest for the trees, but right. when we share our struggles with someone else, they can say, "Oh, well." You know, you told me that all these things happened. That's probably where you right. fell off the wagon. And because we're not always as good at evaluating what's going on with ourselves as someone who's a little more uh, detached or more oh, objective. that's so true. And having someone to do that kind of keeps it uh, keeps it circulating back up into the top of the pile of things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes life events happen and we get knocked so far off, we just have to really climb back into our routine. And we need people to encourage us it's like well you know be kind to yourself this crazy thing just happened and yes you need to give yourself some grace 
True enough. And that happened to me last year or maybe the year before. And it was really helpful for someone to say, well, just remember, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is what happened. So uh, just to get going again. Yeah, I think that's true. Well, it's important to know what the pitfalls are Mm -hmm. so that you can be on alert for them. And when you see them, you're ready to address them. And that's what this episode's been all about. That's right. Find a friend who can help you avoid the pitfalls and you can help them and have a a more successful year. Yep. Have Have a great homeschool year in 2021. At this time in our podcast, we usually address a big question. What's our big question this time, Melody? This time we've seen a lot of people wondering about how to avoid distractions in their homeschool. Oh, and they are plentiful. Well, they're from everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's not your little brother distracting the big sister, it's the phone's ringing or the TV's on or something's going on outside or someone's coming over. Um, There's all kind of distractions. Um, What advice would you have for that? Well, I think that, um, so here's one thing I've been trying to do to minimize distractions is I am putting my phone in my office. I work from home. So if you don't have an office, you put your phone in your bedroom, but I'm putting my phone away from our homeschooling area where, so when we sit down to do school for, uh, when we do school mainly in our living room and then in the kitchen, I go put my phone in my office. I leave it on so I can hear if it's the phone is ringing Mm -hmm. because I do have to answer phone calls for my clients. Mm -hmm. But I'm not tempted when I get bored while my child's droning on and on with his narration (laughs) um, to, you know, look at my phone Mm -hmm. because I'm a human. And I I can get easily distracted. So um, putting distractions away as much as possible when you get ready to start school is a very smart idea. That's one huge thing. We used to not answer the phone. This is before cell phones. Mm -hmm. But we didn't answer the phone during school hours. And we also, um, because sometimes we would be schooling when the public school was having a holiday, we had a sign on our door. It's like, you know, please come back later. For the neighborhood kids. So it was down low. Mm-hmm. And some of them couldn't read, but it was shaped like a stop sign. Mm-hmm. And we just told them, it's like, we're busy right now. We can't play. Please come back. Please come back later because we do want to see you. Mm-hmm. But just right now we're busy. And that was one way we we uh, got reduced that distraction. What would you suggest for people with, like, lots of little ones in the home and they're making lots of noise? I mean, we always had toddlers and babies while we were homeschooling. Yeah. So um, when I started off with my, my first five kiddos, we did have some toddlers. And one of the things I did was I would get my older kids started with something they could do independently, maybe their copy work or maybe uh, copying their spelling words, mm-hmm. something like that, that didn't really require my attendance. And I would take the little kids into the next room and I would play with them. I had a little preschool for my little kids. And after I had played with them for an amount of time and the other kids were done, then I would give the little kids something that would keep their interest, a different toy that they hadn't played with. And they would be nearby where I could keep my eye on them. But then they were happily occupied for maybe 15 or 20 minutes. And then I could go into the next thing with my older kids. And we did a lot of things when the little ones were taking a nap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, are great. Mm-hmm. Now, as the kids get older, if a younger sibling is distracting, they're more responsible and they can take their work after you've given them some instruction and go complete it in their bedroom. Or if that's not an option, maybe they can have noise-canceling headphones on. Mm-hmm. 
Or maybe you can put headphones on the littler child and have them watch an educational video so right. that they're they're occupied. You might just have to try a lot of different ideas until you find the one that's working. And it yeah. might not work for a long time because yeah. as your kids get older. That's where you have to have several things up your sleeve to mm-hmm. keep trying because usually those kind of novelty, if they're kind of novel at the beginning, they work and then they don't work mm-hmm. so well after all. We also would have one child go entertain the little one so I could work with another one and then they would switch off and mm-hmm. that worked. Um, but most of the time, some of it was teaching and training the little ones in how to keep themselves occupied with the toys and putting things up. Mm-hmm. I would set a timer so that I would remember to go check on them. Oh, that's so really that helpful. So not too much came out, and then we could pick that stuff up mm-hmm. before we pulled out something else. And the other thing is also that none of us ever get to work in a vacuum where there aren't distractions. True. So it's important also to teach your children how to focus on the thing that they have to do. So mm-hmm. they might need to wear headphones or they might need to uh, realize that sometimes are they're more efficient times. Maybe they can do their math paper earlier in the morning mm-hmm. or maybe they can because it's not important to me sometimes when the thing gets done as much as that, that it gets done. Right. So if your more productive time is at one o'clock in the afternoon and you can focus better then, that's great too. Right. So you just have to have a lot of different uh, choices available and, and keeping yourself from being distracted, keeping your house distractions at a minimum. You know, it's, it's not a good idea to try to multitask and run your Roomba during school. No. <laughs> it's not a good idea to have people over during your school hours. Um, I know a lot of times when people start homeschooling, their friends think, oh, they're home now. Maybe they can watch my toddler while oh, I run yes, errands. They do think that. But no, you can't. You have to you have to learn to say no mm-hmm. to some things because you've taken on a new full time job. And what other job do you have where you're going to be babysitting people when you when you're, <laughs> you know, like sometimes it might need to happen. But really on a consistent basis or like my mom would try to call me during the day and be like, mom, we're doing school. Right, can't talk now. You know, I, I, do school. Cool that you've got time available, but right. I'm busy. And the other thing is, you can teach your children not to be, not to, to, what am I trying to say? To deal with distractions and to learn how to focus despite distractions or extra noise and things like that. And they can learn how to keep their focus on what they're doing and not just watch someone else do something. So it's kind of that muscle you learn to flex and mm-hmm. get stronger. And at the same time, you're teaching the other ones to have to teach people to be considerate of each other of each other exactly that's exactly what i'm trying to say yeah because even though a person is young they can still learn like so in our house my older son that lives with us he's a shift worker so sometimes some weeks he goes to work from nine to five some weeks he goes to work from 2 a.m to 10 30 Mm a.m some weeks he goes to work from 6 a.m to you know whatever And so um, in the evening, if he has to sleep, you know, I'll have to tell my son, hey, we need to be quiet. He's asleep. And then conversely, if my son is home and I'm putting the younger boy to bed, I might have to tell my son, hey, can you turn down whatever it is you're watching? So the whole family has to learn to be considerate of the other family members. Mm -hmm. That is an important skill because when you grow up and you work in a cubicle next to somebody or you're a neighbor to somebody, mm-hmm. it's really important right. to consider others. Uh, so it, it all kind of folds together um, is avoiding distractions. You know, we have to do our part as the homeschooling parents to minimize 
distractions that we can minimize. Our kids have to minimize the way they distract each other. You know, sometimes they're just being silly, <laughs> sometimes poking around. And if, you know, if they can't sit next to each other, then maybe you need to put one in one room and one in another and you go right. back and forth a little bit. Um, but yeah, distractions are part of life and we have to learn our ways to deal with it. And it's different for each person. That's true. If you have a big homeschool question you would like us to answer, you can reach out to us on Twitter at underscore homeschoolpod. Or email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash happyhomeschoolpod. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Holly. I'm Melody. Happy, Happy homeschooling. homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Holly williams Erbach. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-host is Melody Gillum. This episode was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find her music on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or as always, tell people about us. If you have a big homeschooling question for us, please send it to us on Twitter at, homes at underscore homeschool. I guess got to start over. That was crap. Okay. <laughs> if you have a big, big question. <laughs>